Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today, I sit down to have a conversation with three amazing school leaders who are based out of the UK. They all share their story and their unique perspective on how being inside the director's inner circle over the last 12 months has really transformed their personal leadership, their culture, the relationships that they have with their staff and the families. Um, One of the unique things that each of them really bring to the table is sharing how some of the specific trainings, the community, the accountability has transformed how they look at themselves and how they look at leadership. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, the Little Foxes team. I'm so excited to have you all here today. I'd love for Catherine, if you could kick us off, tell us your name your title inside of the company, and just a little bit of your history before we dive in here, and we'll kind of hear from all of you. Okay, so I am the area manager for Little Foxes. I've been with the company for, well, I've worked at the nursery at Newton for 20 years, um, and now I'm in my new role as area manager. So that is going out into the nurseries and sort of observing practice and sort of seeing where we can make changes and make us more, more amazing. Awesome. Thank you, Catherine. Amy? So I'm Amy. I'm a manager at one of our Garston sites in Liverpool. I've been with Little Foxes for eight, nearly nine years now. Um, And yeah, I've been with the School of Excellence for about a year. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Okay, Jen? Um, I'm the the manager of Little Foxes in Wigan, and I've been managing for a year now. Um, probably about the same time as I started, same <laughs> the directors in a circle as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when you guys started just a little over a year ago at the time of this recording, I had spoken to Sophie, who's the owner of the center, and she was talking about just all the different changes that were happening inside of the company. And I was so excited to get started and working with you guys and up-leveling your leadership skills. And so I'd love, Amy, if you want to kick us off, what was your leadership style like? What was going on in the center uh, before you joined the program? And then if you can also just tell us what was one of the biggest the first uh, piece of content or training that you dug into that really started to just make things smoother and easier for you in your leadership? Um, so I think when I started, I was, I was definitely a yes man. Um, I said yes to everything and it gave me time to everybody to be able to help them and support them um, because that, I thought that was the best way that I could help them. And then the biggest impact was when I got onto the section about the time vampires or something along the lines. Time blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I really started blocking out my time and, you know, putting a sign on my door about the open door, the myth of the open door policy. When I listened to that podcast and that section of the training, um, that really like resonated with me because I realized I was giving up all my time for everyone else and it was only impacting me. So like now I'm much more um, aware of what time I'm giving to other people um, and how I'm sort of sharing my time out and when my team can come to me and when I need time to get on with my job because I don't do what I need to do. Nobody else is going to do it. <laughs> yes, yes. That I, I remember that conversation where we're where we were really getting intentional about how you were giving up your time and energy and how you only have a certain amount. And if you give everything away to the teachers, then you can't do your own job. You can't do your own responsibilities. And you also come home burnt out. So that, you know, that I remember that being, you know, just a powerful shift for you. Jen, when you think of your kind of the beginning phases of your journey, you know, before the arc and some of the other things that you did, what were some of the first things that you implemented inside of your own leadership and your center when you joined? Um, I think because I was really, really new to the role, again, a bit like um, what Amy was saying, I would give my time um, to everybody and I'd always try and say yes because I wanted to support, obviously, everybody. I found, obviously, the time blocking has been great, giving like, me time to get on with what I need to do. Um, yeah, I feel like that that was one of the first things that I noticed. Um, and, the, yeah. and I think as well, like I do put my sign up on my door, that, you know, that is my time. Um, and then they'll just see me later on as well. So it's working well. Yeah. So which one of you implemented, I know you all did the the gratitude matrix and really getting specific about sharing gratitude, but I would love to hear, I think Catherine or whichever wants, wants to share, how did you see that shift inside of the company culture since kicking that off? I feel like the team are really strong, um, especially like with the gratitude that just something simple as the cards or sometimes we do like little like food trays and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a big impact, like a positive impact. They do feel valued. I've noticed like from when I first started to now, the team that we've got, we've had for a what like a like a year <laughs> if not longer so I feel like people do feel valued they stay and they give more to you as well 
Yeah. I'd actually love to hear, you know, so many times when we, I have conversations with directors, they start the gratitude, but they don't see results right away. It kind of takes some time for people to see the impact. And I'd actually love, Catherine, if you want to share, like, what was the experience as you were pouring into your staff? Like, did you see immediate results? Did it take some time? What was like, tell us the reality of what happened on, you know, on the ground. So, yeah, we did based on the gratitude module that we did. We um, did the thank you cards and we do them. We do them five times a week, which is what was put out there. But then I also did it so that then the team could give each other gratitude as well. So mm. because they had such an impact from me just giving them it. So then I thought, well, let's stretch it even further. So now they have an opportunity to give, we call them a whoop whoop. So they have an opportunity to give each other like a little shout out. And then they've got like a little pocket where they can put them in and they love it. Like you'll see them, they've got little post-it notes that they'll have around the computer desks or up on the pin boards. It's just so uplifting and you can see it. Um, And then we also do as a company now, we do what we call spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. So we nominate a person. So when I'll go round to all the sites, if I think that someone's done really, really well, we then take it in turn at the managers' meetings to put somebody forward, and then we take the wheel and they spin it, and then they get to pick a prize. And it can be like half a day's holiday, a sweetie hamper. So it's it's lovely. It really, really is. And then we've just had an employee of the the quarter as well. Amazing, amazing. I love that. One of the things that I love about the content and kind of the journey inside of the program is that every member takes and runs with it and makes it their own. So we have like the foundational pieces of like, okay, let's make sure this is happening. But then your company said, okay, now how are we going to, you know, make this even better? How are we going to make this our own? What else do we need to put inside of here? So I I so appreciate when organizations take it and make it their own because that's the point of it, right? So Amy, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience in running one-on-ones. I know that, you know, when we first get started with one-on-ones, we kind of think it's going to be so time-consuming, it's going to be so hard, there's so many things that we have to do. So tell us a little bit about how you've enjoyed the experience of one-on-ones and what you've learned about your staff um, and leading them. Um, So I think it was really, like, insightful to do it because they really did open up with you when they've got that time out the playrooms no distractions like they really do open up to you and you can just get a better understanding and feeling of what they're either going through Mm. you know struggles and challenges that they might have and definitely like trying to coach them and help them through that Mm -hmm. so it it was a little bit time consuming because some did take longer than others depending on what they needed to upload which is absolutely Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. Um, but just using me time blocking to do that to make sure right this morning I'm just going to do one-on-ones and that's like my sole focus for the morning and then I give me time to you know do my other stuff in the afternoon and I got through them all within a week um and yeah it was really nice to just give them a voice and you know a chance to be heard and work through anything that they needed so I thought they were really good Yeah, I love the mindset shift. And I just want to share here for those that are listening, you know, Amy shared she did her one on ones in the morning. And then in the afternoon, she made sure she got through some of the other stuff. What happens a lot when leaders start 
trying to embrace these new concepts of leading one-on-ones, classroom observations, gratitude. They try to stick it in while they're doing other stuff and it doesn't work. We need to create the right block, the right time frame, And you'll get to the other stuff, as Amy said, right? It's not that she didn't have other work to do and she didn't have other responsibilities. She had a lot of other stuff to do, but the intentional focus of doing it during that time so she could get through it and really give teachers their voice. So I love that you embrace that, Amy. That's fantastic. Jen, I would love to hear some of your experience. Um, I've got a much smaller team than Amy, so mine's right. a bit. That's why I want to hear your experience, right? Because <laughs> everyone has a different, and that's what's just before you speak, I just want to share every person who's listening can find relatability or they can find how my class is different or my center is different. And so, yes, Amy has a much bigger team. She had a lot of other responsibilities. You have a smaller team, but it's important for people to hear that this stuff works no matter what size team you have, no matter where you are in the world, right? This isn't just about, oh, it only works for UK directors, only works for Italians, it only works for Americans. No, this is across the board for humans. Everyone wants to be seen and heard. So just create that context. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Um, Obviously, they're really beneficial, like, again, having that time out with them, um, getting to know, you know, maybe something that they're struggling with or they need extra support with that I'm there for them to help them through that. Um, I know we did speak a while, a while ago about I sort of put in, um, obviously doing my observations, having that one-to-one and then the accountability um, of setting like small goals with them. I feel like that's really benefited my team and um, that they are accountable for it. But yeah, it takes a little bit longer because you're doing obviously um, all three together <laughs> yes it really really works because they're having that time then to sit down and talk to me and then creating those like goals together and how they're going to do it Um, it's just giving them a bit more responsibility and giving them like a sense that this is what they're working towards so I think that like that's worked really well for my team Yeah. So I'd love if you can take us a little bit deeper into the observation and the accountability and creating those goals, because I know that so many leaders are resistant to holding teams, their teams accountable. They're resistant to setting goals with them. They're like, oh, if I give them more work to do, they'll leave. You know, they won't want to stay here. So tell us a little bit about that and how creating goals with them has actually made them feel better and more empowered. I think obviously at first you do have that, um, just a bit of a, are they going to leave because obviously the the workload or the, is it going to break them type thing? But um, I, I I just found giving them a bit more responsibility it makes them feel like more valued. That's how yes how yes. I think. Um, so sitting down together, what is it that you want to work on, and like coming up with something together. Mm. Um, I given given them like the, the, the options as well so they're able to like set that goal so they know what they're working towards yeah they know that we're going to check in and when we're going to check in so they've got that time frame as well um but I can just see from my team setting those goals like them growing and even if it's just so small yeah. something that was setting they're growing because they're learning so it it works really really well You're giving them agency in their life. And this is such a big learning curve that we need to understand as leaders that 
our people actually don't want us to give them everything or tell them exactly what to do or, you know, spoon feed them everything. They actually want agency. They want to feel like adults. They want to feel like grownups. And when we set goals with them, they have agency. And when someone has agency, you gave them dignity. And when someone has dignity and self-respect, they're going to stay in that organization. Because when I come to work, I feel good about myself versus when I come to work, I'm babied and, you know, you know, mommy Jen has to take care of me. And if she's not going to going to remind me, I'm going to forget, like they just feel empowered. Um, so of course they want to stay, even when the work is challenging, it's not, people actually like hard work. Um, they don't like to be slaves or to be, you know, bemoaned or berated, but they want hard work. So I, I thank you, Jen, for sharing your perspective. Catherine, I'd love to hear your uh, insight into this, because again, you also have a very different center than Jen and Amy. So tell us about your experience in doing one-on-ones and classroom observations and how that's really shifted who you are as a leader and the culture in the organization. Well, I just started doing the new observations, so where I'll go and observe the whole team within the room. Um, so each week I'll go out and do all the baby rooms within the company all the toddler rooms is the next week and then the week after is all preschools and then my last week which is the week I'm in now is the week where I'll go and sit with the leaders because obviously we delivered some training to our leaders so now I need to know the impact from that so yeah. you know what have they done with the training we've received so the reports that I leave with the teams when I go and observe their practice I break it down a little bit so I'll put things that I've seen that are really really good because I think that's important to shout out you know things that they're doing really well but then when I give them the next steps, we call them, I give them room to develop it themselves. So I'll sort of mm -hmm. say things like, you know, why don't you look at introducing? Because I don't want to tell them exactly how to do it because it's not yes. one size fits all, if you like. I want them to take ownership of it and go, right, Kath's give us this idea. How as a team are we now going to brainstorm? And then when I then no, next go out to observe that practice, I will then get them to re reflect on that. So make them accountable and go, right, this is the challenge I give you the other week. What have you done? Show me. And then we'll explore it and unpick it. So I think with all the skills that I've been given, I think that really helps. And also when we did the work on the four shields, you yes. know, where... So when you're speaking to people where it might be a difficult conversation because you've, you know, you've seen something that wasn't right practice or whatever it might be, it's about understanding that where they are as a person, I suppose, mm -hmm. and the way that you can deliver it. And so I think when you do anything now with practitioners or with the leaders when we're at managers meetings and things like that, it's about knowing them as individuals and how to deliver it and how that's going to be received to that. make them the best people that they can be. Yeah, what a, just the whole mindset and the way you approach every conversation, Catherine, is drastically different than a year ago, right? You approach it with intentionality, with purpose, and there's a level of confidence that I just hear inside of you that's so different. And I want to touch on that in a moment. But for those of you that are listening, Catherine's referring to the four shields of the difficult conversation, which is a training that we have. We also have several podcasts on, and we'll link those in the show notes here as well. Um, I'd love to, and and Amy, if you want to kick us off here, um, how has being inside of this program up-leveled who you are as a person, whether that's in your confidence, in your personal life, in your own relationships? Like, where have you seen that shift? Because I know when we grow in one area, it does filter to other areas as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's affected me, like, personally as well. Um, 
because with being a yes man, like I'd just be like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll help. Whereas now I'm like much more confident and explain and like, I will help you, but this is what I need to do first. Or this is how I'm feeling about the situation. And I feel like I'm a lot more confident to speak about like my feelings, their feelings, and like, you know, talk it out with them rather than just being a yes man and agreeing to everything because it wasn't a healthy way, let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was leading to like burnouts and everything like that. So I feel like I've got a lot more confidence to be able to like speak up and say, you know, how I'm feeling and this is what I want to do with the situation and we can work together on that. Um, and just managing my time a lot better as well. Um, blocking my time out, whether that be like doing the one-on-ones and, you know, making time for that first um, because just life's busy and if it, if it didn't make time, but it, it just, just wouldn't get done. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm much better at managing my time um, and just speaking up, really. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you've evolved as a person in being part of the programme? For me, it was the it was the work life integra- integration because I am a very I like to be busy. I do because I've, that's what I've always been like. But I think it I've learnt more that I do need time for me, mm. and I am you know little foxes is my life and it is very very important to me. And this is what I've always done. So, mm-hmm. but I also do need time just for me. So I think that's what's made me think, right, when I go out to these practitioners, I want to give them all of me on that day, but then I mm-hmm. I know that I need to go home and just have time for me. I love that all of you have really honoured your boundaries and your personal energy and time. Um, and this is what creates longevity and sustainability in the industry, because when we understand that there's no such thing as go, 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 rest, rejuvenation, recalibration is all part of growth. We we can't just push the boulder up the mountain nonstop. We also have to pause, sit on the boulder, take a breath, look around, like just relax for a moment and then continue up the mountain again, continue going. So I love that you have taken the time to understand and also not just understand it, but actually take action on it, Catherine. Like knowing something and doing something are two very different things. One of the things that I love, uh, there's a, a guy I like following on social media, his name is Jesse Itzler, and he has this great quote and he says, life is not about, can you do it? I know you can, it's, will you do it? Will you go and do that thing? So I know that you can take time for yourself, but will you? And I love that you have, right? You've taken the time to do that. Um, Jen, I'd, I'd love to hear how have you seen some impact from the parents or the community um, in just how you've changed and how the leadership has changed? Have you seen any um, just differences in how the parents are showing up in the community? Um, I think obviously our the parents that we've got are really, really positive. Um, I think from me starting this and growing as a manager and um, building good relationships with the um, parents and families that we've got, I do feel that they can come to me um, mm-hmm. and speak to me. Um, yeah, I think like relationship-wise and at first when you're in a, a new manager as well it is about building those relationships with the parent 
we do that through different things, like whether we do it uh, during pre-visits on the pamper meetings, you know, all things like that. Um, I just feel that I've got good bonds with all the parents and it's a positive relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So what, again, I want to kind of highlight what, what happens here. When we have good relationships, when we have emotional currency, right, like actual currency with families, and they know that they can trust you, your ability to go and execute and do things inside of the center skyrockets tenfold. Because now you're not second guessing, oh, one second, if we do this, what's going to happen? If we do this, what? So you're able to move quicker. You're able to, you know, implement things faster. So I think sometimes we don't even recognize the ripple effect of certain actions and the impact of relationships. Um, Catherine, I'd love to hear from you, you know, any impact that you've seen, whether that's from staff or from families, um, again, as an impact of who you are. I'll tell you a quick story actually before um one of the uh one of the ladies that I interviewed here several months ago was saying that her accountant um actually came to her and said you're different. Like what's going on? Like you're a different person. So sometimes you don't even realize that like people on the peripheral are like hey one second like something's changing in you. So I'd love to hear Catherine just a little bit of your experience. Again like Jen said we do we do a lot with our families. So we've just introduced, um, just starting, I think it was in January, uh, what we call stay and play workshops where families can come into the nursery, which obviously we lived in a crazy COVID world. So they've only just really started coming back in. Um, but then you can see, because I go to the site, so I'll see the stay and play sessions where the parents are coming in and they're interacting with the team and interacting with the children and the activities that are going on. And you can evidently see the bonds that the parents have got with everybody so it becomes like a little family so you can see the bonds and the relationships that everyone's got so it's lovely I love that I love that oh so great so I've got just a couple more questions you know when because there's so much content there's so much training there's so much that we have inside of the program what what do each of you feel has been just what you have found most memorable. Was it, you know, the strategic advisory? Is it, you know, the check-in calls? Is it the accountability? Is it the community? What have you found to be like, this was just a huge anchor for you um, over the last 12 months? And, you know, feel free, Catherine, if you want to start, Jen. Um, I'd say the accountability, but also, you know, obviously when Cass said about the four shields, for me, those difficult conversations, I laugh quite a lot, like nervously. So mm. um, having those um, difficult conversations and going through like the different steps for each, um, obviously the, the different types um, of, sure. of people, sure. um, it's worked really well for me. And I know now my team and what they how they'll react when we talk um, and I think that's worked well for me because I'm able to um to know before I go into a conversation um so I've got everything there and planned 
Yeah. I think that's amazing. If you can just dig deep a, a little bit deeper in there, because I appreciate you sharing just vulnerably that, you know, we all have our defenses for you. It's, you know, nervous laughter for other people. It's shutting down for other people. It's, you know, deflecting, like everyone's got their poison. And so I love that you recognize just like, okay, this is my weak spot. When I enter difficult conversations, how am I going to combat that? So how did you really use the resources to better prepare? What did you like review it before? Did you study it? Like, what did you practically do to you know better equip yourself I think obviously going through um what you spoke what 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 was in the modules and yeah. then knowing the staff and who they are and say for example the difficult conversation that we were going to have you could see like the maybe how they'd react so I'd have ways from what you've spoken about so I'd know how to turn the conversation mm-hmm. or, and it just helps me. Um, so it, it's worked really well for me. Uh, I love I'm not laughing as much anymore now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Isn't that amazing how like you can really learn a skill? You can really learn something new, up level, change. Like we're not, you know, you're not a tree. Like you can evolve and change as a person. Um, Amy, what's been the biggest thing for you? I think it's been like the community um, mm-hmm. like on the Facebook group but mm-hmm. as well just like between us as like managers like that support and that like just having that sort of like team mentality and you know knowing that other people are going through the same thing this year and the day to support yeah like that was a really big thing for me mm-hmm. um, and like when you're seeing people in America or Canada or wherever they are having the exact same challenges as you are it makes you feel like not like that I'm happy that they're having them challenges but like I'm not like the only one like Mm -hmm. you're not going crazy like you're not Mm -hmm. rubbish at your job like everybody goes through these like cycles and seasons so just that feeling of like not being alone and feeling like well supported within like your, your work really Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we know that there's such a huge, there's just a loneliness epidemic across the country, across the globe, really. People feel so isolated. And so I love that you have found not just community, but you found peace and connection within community because we can be surrounded by so many people and still feel so alone. So I love that the communities like supported that feeling of like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like we're all going through this. So I love that for you. Catherine, what about you? Um, a bit, a bit of everything, really. I like, like Amy said, I like being able to sort of see where everybody else is up to within the whole wild world, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like the the calls that we have on the Monday, where you'll do a recording. It's in the morning yeah. where you are, but it's in the afternoon for us. Yeah. So yeah, we're exactly. all together on a Monday, so it's nice for us all to be able mm-hmm. to sit together on the Monday. But the main one that I, the module that I really sort of have used an awful lot was Meet the Deadline. because for me we do an awful lot of training with our teams Mm. and sometimes naively you know you've delivered this training to everybody at the same time you've delivered it in the same way so really you would naively think that once they leave that room they will know exactly what to do (laughs) but sometimes that's not the case (laughs) no it's not so um I have one practitioner that I've had to work with a little bit where I've had to break it down into small chunks and make it Mm. more manageable for her and, you know, she's a real success story that now I've been given that tool 
I've now passed that down onto one of the new managers and now to watch this practitioner now be able to do everything that's frustrated her for such a long time, just by having that skill, she can now do it. So it's it's amazing. I love that. So what Catherine's referring to is the Meet the Deadline framework, which is one of our frameworks and trainings inside of the Inner Circle, which helps staff break down projects, break down micro things so that they can actually go and execute. So I... I appreciate the patience that you gave the framework with this lovely woman in helping her use it, but also it requires patience. Like it requires you to like break it down and go slowly until she develops that skill. But the fact that you get to see the fruits of your labor and now she's going to, you know, do that with someone else. I mean, oh my gosh, that's just, that's amazing. So thank you, Catherine. So let's wrap up over here. I'd love, you know, just to go round table and each of you just share, you know, for people that are considering to join the inner circle, for people that are like on the fence, they're like, oh, I don't know, should I join? It's so much time, it's so much money, all the hesitations that we have, you know, when we're about to join a new program. What would you tell them uh, for people that are on the fence? Uh, Jen, you could kick us off. I'd say, obviously, at first you are a bit like, oh, this is going to take a lot of time, um, but it's so beneficial. Like, I feel like I've grown so much um, and not just like myself, others have said it as well. So it's nice to get some recognition as well that you are growing as a person. So, yeah, I do it. Yeah, but it is time consuming and it can feel overwhelming. Um, so I, I think it's important to understand that going in, it's normal to have that feeling. That feeling shouldn't deter you from going, um, you know, head into the thing. I always say, like, you're supposed to be a little bit scared when you join a program like this. Um, if you're not, you're probably a little bit delusional about what you're getting yourself into. So I love that you were a little hesitant, but then, you know, you're able to kind of go swimming there. Catherine, what about you? What would you tell someone? Um, again, I would say, you know, I'm a I'm a lot older than everybody else. Um, and some people say sometimes you're too old to learn, but you're definitely not. Like I've mm-hmm. done my job for a very long time and there's lots of pieces that I will take away from what I've learned and lots of things that I'll pass on to other people. So for me, it's it's well worth it. Well worth the journey. I love that. Thank you, Catherine. Amy? Yeah, I think like we talk about like, you know, being worried about like the time to do it and things like that, but we kind of committed to an hour a week, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at it that way, it's like not a lot of time really, but you gain so much from it and you've got so much more knowledge to pass on to your leaders, you know, throughout the team to help support them. And I feel like I've grown in confidence, but I can see like some of like one of my leaders who I've kind of shared my experience with I can see it growing in confidence and you know putting the same techniques in place that I've been taught and it's just nice to see that I can obviously help her through you know being helped by the um the program as well I think one of the things that are so transparent and really just a pattern across the board with with all three of you is by you committing to that one hour a week or if you think about it like 60 minutes but being consistent, right? It wasn't 60 minutes one week and then, you know, four weeks not doing anything. And then it, right, it's the consistency of one hour a week, the impact and the ripple effect to your team, to the families, to other people um, is really, really powerful. And I just, I am, I'm really 
grateful to your old selves that you said, yes, we're going to commit, we're going full in and we're going to, you know, put in the time because now you get to look back and say, wow, like we really have evolved. We really have grown um, as leaders. So I just want to thank you all for giving me your time today. Um, I always love having these conversations with leaders. Look forward to continuing uh, to collaborate with you all. And thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for this conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Amy, Jen, and Catherine, and were able to find a part of yourself in one of their stories or in all of their stories. And if you are an owner or director and you've listened to this episode and you are thinking, wow, like some of these trainings or some of the stories that they shared are very similar to what's going on in my center, then I would love to invite you to apply to our Directors in Our Circle program. The link is in the show notes. When we get on a call, when you apply, um, you and I will get in a conversation, which is a right fit call, and we'll get to know each other a little bit better, get to understand what are your goals, what are your ambitions, tell me a little bit about your center, what are the mile markers you want to reach, and I'll be very upfront and honest and tell you if I think you're a good fit and if we think that we could support you in our journey. The alignment between our company and you is really, really integral to your success. And so that's why we take the time to have these conversations. So if you're curious, please click the link in the show notes and I look forward to connecting with you. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.